Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. As many of you celebrated the Irish culture this past weekend with the festivities of St. Patrick's Day, I wanted to jump on board and get into the sport and fitness culture of Ireland by interviewing my fellow trainer at the Y and strength and conditioning specialist, Kevin Barry. Kevin came to the U.S. from Ireland to study exercise science and shares with us his story along with how training athletes and personal training clients is different in the U.S. than Ireland and what our fitness and health cultures can learn from each other. Hi everyone, we're here with Kevin Berry. Kevin is a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association and he's also a personal trainer with me here at the Frederick Y. So thank you for joining us, Kevin. You're welcome. Uh, I want to get into how you got into training and how fitness and sport is different in America as opposed to where you're from in a bit. But first, um, I want everybody to get kind of a background story about you. So where exactly are you from? I'm from Waterford, Ireland. Came over here about six and a half years ago for undergrad. Okay. And so uh, you are a strength and conditioning coach at, uh, here at Hood College, and where else? Uh, Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's, yeah, okay. in Emmitsburg. So what, what age did you get into sports personally? Uh, I've been into sports ever since growing up, since five or six. Played a couple of different sports, and about 14 or 15, I made the switch just to soccer. Okay. And competed in soccer until I graduated college, which would have been at 22. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 25. Gotcha. So growing up playing sports and then playing sports all throughout high school and then playing sports in college and then pursuing strength and conditioning, did you did you always want to work in sports or was that something that developed as you got into sports? It was always something I wanted to do in the back of my head. When I was 15 or 16, I knew it would be a sport route. I didn't know if it would be in nutrition or dietetics or okay. strength and conditioning, personal training. It wasn't much of a developed field at the time at home. Gotcha. Uh, but once I got some initial experience within strength and conditioning, I knew that was the path I was going to go down. So was was there anybody in your family that was into the health uh, sciences field or, or training? No, gym? not at Nothing. all. What happened to me was I got a strength and conditioning program when I was about 14 or 13 for soccer. Okay. And followed the program diligently, had some really good results, and then noticed that it doesn't take a whole lot of work to get that much improvement yeah and based upon that that was really the first push i started uh, getting some magazines muscle and fitness men's okay. health and, and <laughs> from there you just learn a little bit more and more yeah and, and that was my start from so that first was, soccer was program. there like a specific coach that was kind of like your mentor whenever at 13 14 who gave you that program uh, I trained on a regional soccer team at gotcha. home and that was kind of the next level before national um, okay. So at the national level, they already had the strength and conditioning program. They had the coaches. But at the level I was at, it was here's the program. Give it a go and we'll retest in a couple of weeks and see wow. how it goes. So. so so do you actually have somebody teaching you the lifts or do they just give you the program? At the time, it was a volunteer assistant for one day showed here's how you to do a squat. Oh here's gosh. how to do a push Jeez. up. The plank was there. The documentation, they had pictures at the time. Okay. Uh, of this is how you part A for a squat top position, part B bottom position, but really it was all on your own. Yeah, um, and, at, and at that point, I'm guessing, I mean, well, yeah, because YouTube wasn't big then yet. That's right. Yeah, everything yes. was just picture based, yeah. and I have an actual document. Wow, uh, she so. does great. That you, I mean, 
I guess it's, it kind of goes to show that that structure, as long as there's some structure to a program, that mm-hmm. it'll it'll work, even if it's not the absolute best program. I'm sure programs got better and better as you got older. But uh, so, what did you then study in college when you went to school there? Um, so when I came to America, the reason I did was because of exercise science and strength and conditioning. There was one national program in Ireland at the time, and it was a very difficult program to get into. Okay. And I knew I had a much better chance in the U.S., so I studied exercise science for my undergrad. Oh, so your undergrad was here. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I thought your undergrad was in Ireland. No, I, I did undergrad and master's here. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. It's been some time. So your undergrad was in exercise physiology. Was that the exact degree it was? Uh, the term was exercise science. Exercise gotcha. physiology is okay. pretty much the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And then your master's was? It was in sport administration, physical education. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Did you ever think that you might go the, the PE, like teacher education route with it? Yeah, I initially tried. Um, because of state law in North Carolina, I wasn't able to take the Masters of Arts in Teaching course, I had to switch over to physical education and sport administration. So Why is that? The school was a public school, and I think they were looking at um, U.S. national citizens as a preference. Oh, gotcha. So, so you were on a, what is it, like a student a visa? Student then? visa at gotcha. the time. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then that's, is that kind of got you into the strength and conditioning route, is having to go more sports than education? That's a good question. Um because initially when I graduated from undergrad, I was all set on the teaching route. Yeah. I had a good story of um, always being in athletic clothes from being in strength and conditioning. And then I went out, bought a lot of shirts after my graduation <laughs> and bought black pants, bought everything. <laughs> and then a couple of months later, realized that, you know, that path wasn't going to happen. So. so you have a bunch of ties sitting somewhere. That's right. I yeah. got <laughs> a couple of new shirts still at home and a couple of ties still going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, I, you know, as an option long term. Uh, I could see myself in the teaching route. Okay. That's cool. So then how how long have you been in the U.S.? So since your undergrad, you came over when you were 18 then? That's right. Yeah. Uh, August 2011 was the first time I came here. And I've been here since. I go home a couple of times a year. Okay. So was that a tough transition then, coming over at at 18, like all your friends over in Ireland coming here to go to school? For me, it wasn't as difficult as some other people because I I did some research. I had some background information, and I had a couple of friends that actually did a similar route. They went to college and universities throughout America, and I would speak to them every couple of months. This is as I was growing up when I was 15, 16, 17. So I I knew their path was successful. I knew it would be a little bit easier. Well, so you were thinking about coming to the U.S. for school like when you were 15 then. Yeah, my decision was almost set when I was 16 because we had to choose, um, you know, secondary school, high school subjects. And I I changed one of my choices based upon the next step for me at college. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in in high school in Ireland, you... Like halfway through high school, you start doing things that are going to be degree specific then? That's right. Um, So two years from graduation, you'll go down to four classes to choose. And for me, I chose uh, business. I think that's always a good backup plan. I chose um, home economics. So we do a lot of cooking, a lot of stuff about vitamins and minerals. A couple other classes I took was uh, biology. I thought that would give me a strong background for strength conditioning exercise science. And the last one was a bit out there, was geography. Okay. It's just one of those requirements that you need to get an extra class in. Yeah. So. Okay. That's cool. Yes, that's a neat. I mean, so I was I was homeschooled, so 
Um, I kind of I thought I knew what I was going to do when I was going into college. I ended up changing my major when I first got in there. But yeah, I think the idea of, of high school is getting a little taste of of some things that they could get into, yeah. rather than just so many general education, mm-hmm. you know, general uh, studies things would yeah. be a good idea. I mean, just previous to that year when we had to choose, it was a optional year in school, so we had a year long. It was broken up to more college type classes. Gotcha. And that was the first time I actually did work experience in a commercial gym. I did uh, a week work experience there, a volunteer basis, and when I finished the placement for a week, this was almost towards uh, the start of summer. Okay. What they did was they gave me a full summer membership for free. So That's awesome. That really got me started going. So was there. that like a traditional gym, like a like we have like Gold's Gym? Yeah, or? that's right. It was a, a relatively new chain at the time. Okay. And it's since expanded throughout Ireland and uh, I believe in the UK as well. Gotcha. But it's um, just catering to general population. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you so you worked a little bit of general population and you came here and after studying you then went into uh, strength and conditioning. So, so when you finished your master's, you then went and got your CSCS then through uh, NSCA? My route was uh, a little bit different than that. Okay. So what I did was in my last semester of undergrad, you're eligible for the CSCS to take it. Oh, gotcha. And in my last semester of undergrad, I took a class that was, um, it was for my major, but it was a basic prep for that exam. Oh, that's so cool. I took my exam... I would say March or April of the year I graduated in the May. Okay. And the idea was that I would pass it and then look for jobs as I was graduating. Okay. So that's how it worked out for me. That, that test has like a what, 60% pass rate? Is it even that high? Uh, I would think it's a little bit higher now okay. just because they've increased the requirements that you need a bachelor's degree within gotcha. exercise science. So people have science. a better foundation that's going right. into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably taking the test you maybe shouldn't have. Exactly. I think previous to that, it was just have an undergrad degree in anything you want and then then take it. Okay. So, So, like we said before, you currently work in college sports, but you do train non-athletes here at the Y. Well, some of them are athletes just in different areas, but not collegiate sport athletes. You've got to see a little bit about how Americans train both athletes and people who just work out in gyms. So I wanted to, to learn a little bit more about what it's like training people in Ireland because we talk a lot about training people here in the U.S. So are sports super popular over there culturally the way they are here? Sports are a huge part as okay. well at home. We don't have as many sports as you guys have here. Okay. Uh, we have three primary sports. Two being native to Ireland would be hurling and Gaelic. And okay. then we also have soccer in my area is the biggest one. Okay. Uh, Wait, what are the first two? Uh, hurling okay. and then uh, Gaelic and they're part of the Gaelic Athletic Association so they're both field based sports Okay. one hurling's uh, equivalent I would say a mix between lacrosse and maybe some baseball almost Okay. whereas Gaelic will be very similar to rugby if you're familiar with oh yeah with rugby yeah. a big open field concept gotcha yeah. okay so, were you ever drawn to any of those? Did you play those? I, I, or that's stop? the sports I played until I was 14 or 15. Okay, then you yeah, I played at a decent level, and the time just came that everything started clashing, practices at the same time, sessions okay. at the same time, games at the same time. And to me, I was always a little bit more drawn towards playing football, okay. playing soccer. So. Yeah. Now, over here in the U.S., is, is especially from physical therapists now working with younger and younger kids because we have so many sports injuries with younger younger and younger kids uh, that we're now coaches, sport coaches are realizing that 
young children still need uh, ACL injury prevention work. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're really encouraging parents to make sure that their kids are multi-sport athletes so they're not constantly, you know, getting these overuse injuries from playing one sport uh, all the time. Is that, is that similar over in Ireland? Do kids play multiple sports till they get to a certain age and then pick one? It's difficult, like as you just spoke about, a lot of coaches have kids pull different directions. I'm okay. not sure we're looking completely at development of a kid versus winning and losing. Okay. Uh, I would say typical age would be 14 to 16 before kids start specializing at home. Okay. I think that might be a little bit later than a lot of people I, I see in the U.S. I think it's later than the U.S., yeah. Uh, we're looking at maybe 10, 11, 12 over here from my experience yeah. working in soccer. Yeah, because if you, if you aren't already playing on like the travel, like club teams, soccer, when you are U12, you're not going to play in high school. I think that's the, that's the perception from a lot of people yeah. is that it's almost a scare tactic yes. or yeah. if I want to get a, a scholarship at a school that you need to start that early. But Whereas you as you, a coach, you don't think so, though, right? I don't believe so. Yeah. You're going to miss out on a lot of late developers oh, yeah. within that time frame. Jeez, yeah. I mean, so some kids don't really understand that they're, how to move in their own bodies until they're yeah. a little bit older. If you look at some of the most successful college programs like Ohio State, uh -huh. they traditionally recruit football players that have uh, multi-sport backgrounds. Really? So they look okay. at athletes specifically in track and field and throwers gotcha. as well that have the same... Uh, capabilities or the same positive attributes that are needed for football. Over for football. Speed okay. is king, and then maximal upper body strength from throwing versus playing a football position. Yeah. Huh. There is That's some cool. carryover. So then let's talk about non-athletic populations then, just sort of everyday people. Uh, with the, the American fitness industry, we're largely driven by the obesity epidemic and sedentary lifestyles. So a lot of times people's only activity they get is maybe the hour they have with a trainer in the gym or just coming in using elliptical or something like that. Uh, so what is the general lifestyle like for people in Ireland? General lifestyle, if you were to start the day, you're, I think you're getting more sleep at home. Our typical work day is 9 to 5. A lot of work days here seem like they're 8 to 5 or yes, you know, yeah. 8 to 6. Yeah. So going off that, we recognize how important sleep is. Okay. We're likely getting an extra hour, maybe two hours sleep a night. Wow. Um, from there, our cities are set up that you can walk in. Okay. I know where we live right now, you can walk to a certain extent, yeah. but not nearly the same level or capacity as you sure. could do at home. Okay. Um, for me, that was very apparent when I first moved here and I didn't have a license to drive. Oh, yeah. I was very limited, <laughs> yeah. you know, by what I could do versus uh, walking into town at home, which would be, for me, it would be up to, you know, a two-mile, two-and-a-half-mile walk. Okay. And it's not a problem to do. You yeah. know, you're not going to get rolled over by a car. So. And then how does diet differ Americans to, to Irish? Uh, I would say the quality of food is much better at home. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit biased because my dad actually is a chef. So oh, wow. I've had oh, that geez, growing up all the time. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> spoiled there. A little bit spoiled. Yeah. Um, quality food is, is much better at home. It's okay. a little bit more expensive, but they, a lot of people say you, you get what you pay for. Okay. Um, it's evident here. And then portion control, portion sizes, are the differential is huge. Really? If you okay. look at um, takeaways or restaurants here. Uh -huh. The culture of getting food to go is non-existent at home. So oh, gotcha. So if you if go you're to in a, a restaurant, restaurant, you eat there. Then. You're eat, you eat there and then you're finished. Gotcha. You're not having anything for lunch or you're not having a second dinner. 
And okay. the actual portion size is, is about half, typically, wow. of what you would have in the U.S. And then what about, like, like packing food? Is there a lot more of people cooking, bringing their own food to lunch? Is that something that's popular there? Yeah, or? I think it comes back again to the lifestyle from work itself. Working nine to five, commutes are much shorter. Gotcha. So you're home for dinner. You're not that's, having. Any, that's okay. right. Uh, typical time is you know five o'clock, half five, five thirty, six o'clock at latest. Whereas in my experience here, it's not uncommon to be having dinner at seven o'clock, eight o'clock at me. night. It's yeah. a norm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, because I leave, I get off here at five thirty, and I get home at like six fifteen, and dinner close to seven. Yeah, yeah. definitely makes a difference. Yeah, it does. <laughs> long term. So, how much sleep are you getting now over here in America? With, with just work schedules being different. For me, it would be dependent on the time of year. Okay. For my schedules. That's true. Um, yeah, with this, with this, depending on what. Mm-hmm. section of the year the sports team is in that's gonna be very different for you yeah right now i, I try and maintain seven a night okay. i have some better nights some worse nights but yeah. on average i look towards seven i think that's comfortable for me at this stage gotcha yeah i, I like seven seven and a half to eight is what i typically like to get right so what about the gym culture in ireland is is that different over there than it is here so like uh we have a lot of group exercise classes we do have a hundred group exercise classes a week here at the y and and CrossFit gyms are big. People like the group atmosphere. I mean, what does it kind of look like over in Ireland? Yeah, there's a interesting split at the moment. You have a lot of commercial gyms, like you were saying, even the CrossFits and a couple of others that have group exercise. But I've noticed a trend recently of people breaking out on their own, okay. opening up very small facilities. and Like make private personal trainers? Pri- private personal okay. trainers just making a Facebook page and they're huh. ready to go from there. Um, obviously their expenses are low so from that okay. they're, they're building clientele pretty quick I, I will say um, going back to personal training itself yeah there seems more of a personal touch to personal training here okay versus at home where it's more group exercise based and I think I could be wrong but my perspective comes down to distribution of wealth or it comes down to income Gotcha. In the U.S. being a little bit higher, people have more money to spend versus at home. Yeah. Where income might not be as high for the same occupation. Yeah. Um, now, what about your your town? How does the, how does your town that you grew up in, uh, like from a socioeconomic standpoint, like how does that compare to Frederick where we are here, which is a little more... Yeah, um, that's interesting. So Frederick would be equivalent to Dublin at home, which is the capital of Ireland, the most oh, expensive gotcha. part place in Ireland. Gotcha, because it's not, I mean, Frederick has money, but not like D.C. That's or, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, that's surprising to me. When I first moved here and looked at the cost of living or the cost of rent, Yeah. I realized that it's not as expensive as other areas, Yeah. but I still find myself sometimes comparing what would this cost at home, yeah. and then you look at this is as expensive as Dublin. Wow, it's it's a little bit off putting. Okay, so that that maybe that is is why it's because personal training is is huge here, and that's that's what my that's right. entire day is filled with. Um, but yeah, so over there I can see group exercise maybe being a bigger just. Because that's right. I just think it's more economically feasible okay. for people. You still get that somewhat personal touch yeah. in smaller groups of maybe five to eight up to 12 people okay. as a typical group exercise class now what about at outdoor fitness stuff so you know obstacle course races have gotten really big in the u.s that's and, right and we there's you know every weekend you can find a 5k somewhere within 20 miles of frederick here so what does it look like over there when it comes to outdoor stuff races uh, outdoor races are pretty popular okay. uh, i know in waterford where i live 
at home, there's uh, Waterford Athletic Running Club. Okay. And uh, a lot of people will be frustrated because they run on the roads and upset a lot of people <laughs> driving, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great thing. They do, I think, Tuesday, Thursday, a couple times a week. But uh, it's difficult to schedule anything outdoor because, as you know, it rains a yeah. little bit more. <laughs> the weather is not as reliable. Okay. Um, the, but outdoor training in a group environment would be more so with clubs and organizations versus people doing you know group training outside. okay gotcha yeah. then what about functional fitness so this you know exploded in the u.s um places like iceland where you know, we were talking earlier um before the podcast about uh how a big strongman is in iceland and mm-hmm. crossfit gyms and how you know in the u.s crossfit has gotten huge so what does that look like in Ireland, functional fitness-wise? Is that getting bigger over there now? It's starting to pick up. I okay. think we a lot of people bash CrossFit, but yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for them broadening horizons for a lot of people. Yeah. Olympic lifting is picking up say, at home. You have people Olympic lifting who would never Olympic lift. That's right. Uh, powerlifting is picking up at home. Okay. And from there, you've got the mixed events. Triathlons are even picking up Okay. because um, of the cardio component within yeah. CrossFit. Uh, it's it's definitely on the the up on at the, the moment. It's okay, on the rise. that's cool. So now that you've been coaching for a while, you've done some personal training here. What are some of your career goals that you have going forward? What would you like to be doing with everything that you've learned now here, studying and, and training in the U.S. for this long? That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because I actually have a. Interview next week for head strength conditioning position. Wait, where at? Cutsound in PA. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so. cool. But, oh, which, this is good practice then. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Long term for me, it's just about making a difference with athletes or non-athletes. Okay. I like to look at how many people I can make a difference with. And in college athletics, that number is usually very high. Uh, my current position, we're working with 250, 300 athletes. Okay. I know at YMCA where I'm working also, that number is much lower, yeah. but the potential is there to increase and impact a lot more members, okay. con- considering we have thousands of members at yeah. YMCA. Yeah, uh, close, to, close to 12,000 members. Cool. All right, so I always finish each interview with a lightning round, so just answer with all of these with the first thing that pops into your head. Uh, if we need to expound on it, you can expound on it. It doesn't have to keep it doing a one word. So uh, we'll start off with favorite exercise. Favorite exercise has got to be squat for me. Nice. And any specific variation? Um, I've gotten into back squat. Okay. Um, that's my primary background, but front squat I've enjoyed recently. Oh, yeah, I love Just front. learning that Olympic movement base. Yeah. Uh, I like the upright torso in the front squat. I think it's, it's it helps me because it just carries over to so many other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, least favorite exercise? Least favorite exercise for me would be pull-ups. Really? I've always used pull-ups as an excuse. You have long arms, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had surgery on my shoulder a couple of years back, and I used that as, a, as an excuse for too long. Okay. <laughs> and I got to the stage where I completely deconditioned from pull-ups, and now I know myself. It's my weakest point. Gotcha. All right. So favorite occasional or favorite cheat food? Favorite cheat food has got to be brownies. Okay. My girlfriend will tell you about that. Uh, got to get homemade brownies. Now, was that something you also enjoyed in Ireland? Or is that something that's more of a U.S. food that you enjoy? More of uh, U.S. And it came about because my eating was so healthy in the U.S. <laughs> that I felt, I, you know, I need to do <laughs> something to do else. Something. Yeah. And uh, it came about my first summer I stayed in, in America. A great week of eating. Uh, I had a roommate that played soccer. And every Friday, 
before our game on Sunday, we'd get brownies okay. every Friday, and that's just stuck with me since then. Yeah. Sauce. Uh, then a favorite healthy food that you'd hate, you'd not want to eat, even though it's healthy for you. Most people would be surprised by this, uh, but people that know me won't be too surprised, I guess. But that makes no sense. I just said What's most that? people that know me. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Um, to be honest, most vegetables I don't eat. The really? Only vegetables I'll eat will be carrots and green beans. After that, I, I'm really limited. No broccoli. No, nothing out there. Spinach? No spinach. Rarely, rarely okay. will I have spinach. What about like a salad? Can you do salad? Oh yeah, I can eat a salad, okay. but I don't go too far out there from the basic. No, no, no root vegetables? No, no root sweet vegetables. Potatoes or... Sweet potatoes, I tried a couple of times and I just can't get into them. No, you're, you might, you're Irish and you don't eat regular potatoes? I, I enjoy regular <laughs> potato, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so none of the other vegetables. That's right. Huh. No. Uh, favorite sports team? Favorite sports team would be Waterford FC. They just changed their name from Waterford United last year. Okay. That'd be my local team growing up as well. Okay. So they're having a good year this year. And then what league is that that they're in? That would be League of Ireland, okay. uh, which would be National League for Soccer at home. Okay. Uh, so they're up around the top. Season just started a couple of weeks back. And how does Ireland's uh, World Cup team look? Did they qualify? We did not qualify. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm we're, not we're on so the same level as the U.S. Uh, okay. We, we didn't qualify. We have a couple of friendly games this summer. And that's okay. Yeah. Do you play the U.S. at all this summer? I'm not sure. Okay. I know they play Turkey in the next game coming up. Gotcha. Uh, so what's something strange that Americans do that kind of shocked you when you came here? Something weird or different that uh, didn't make sense to you? There's a lot. Uh, <laughs> you <probably laughs> <have> a couple. <laughs> I'm just trying to think off the top of my head because it's been uh, some time since I've gone home. But it usually comes to me very fast when I go when home go and home? come back. Okay. Uh, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Uh, one thing that does get to me a little bit is it's tough to have a genuine conversation with an american you don't know versus okay. somebody at home which would be more upfront with you gotcha um, i think that's just a cultural difference if you ask somebody hey how are you doing are you seeing in the hallway yeah the answer is always great and yeah. it's tough to see when people are having a bad day that you might not know them too well gotcha versus the honesty at home okay it's uh something so you missed. can walk down the hallway and ask somebody how they're doing and they'll get, get like tell you why they're not having a good uh, day they would tell you straight really up, yeah. oh, that's awesome yeah, i so. like that that's cool uh so where's the last place you went on vacation outside of going home to visit yeah vacation is always going home for me uh okay. last one i went on was to ocean city i okay. usually go once or twice a summer and just take some time out yeah uh, at the end of the semesters now so. Waterford in Ireland, was was that near, did you get near the ocean when you were there? Yeah, um, in Ireland you're never more than two hours away from any ocean. Okay. Uh, the Atlantic Ocean, and specifically where I am, is about 10 minutes away. Oh, wow. Okay. Though, you know, we don't nearly get the same temperature. You lay out in the beach. We, we might have two <laughs> or three days a year versus, you know, 40 or 50 days in so summer. So it's, it's not a destination for people. That's really. right, okay. not at all. I mean, it's probably um, beautiful, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, scenery's great. Uh, if you're looking to get some real sun uh, from home, you'd usually go to Spain or Italy or Portugal. Oh, gotcha. Which uh, is how, how far away then? And the... Uh, Comparing the U.S. not very far, it might be from uh, where we are now to Florida. Okay. Um, that's about the same equivalent. Gotcha. Here, so. All right. It's kind of weird one here. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? 
I'll go with a dog. Keep it okay. pretty basic. Go with a boxer. Boxer? Okay, why is, that, why is that? Any specific reason? I had a friend growing up that had two boxers, and they were never trouble to me. Okay. I always enjoyed them <laughs> compared to some other types of dogs. Okay. So that's my plan. Next maybe year or so when I fully settle down, sign a new lease, will be to get a boxer. Your boxer? Cool. Uh, what superpower or ability would you want to have? You could have any type of power or ability. Uh, it's probably not suitable for your thing, but um, watch that. <laughs> if you look up online, Carl Pilkington, he talks about um, his superpower being him being a bullshit man. Okay. So when people talk bullshit, he's <laughs> yeah. able to call him out right away and he knows it's man. not the truth. That's so good. his superpower is a bullshit man. Okay. <laughs> and I, I agree with Carl. He's, he's got a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody always says like invisibility or flying or something. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was Because you could get that so much. You could, like, you could work with an athlete and instantly be able to have more, way more breakthroughs because when they walk absolutely. in, you're like, how are you feeling today? Like, oh, I'm feeling fine. Like, yeah, no, you get the usual response. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly, you know, I'm calling you out. That's it. Yeah. You'd be so, great with like rate of perceived exertion exercises. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a super, awesome. super power for a Shoot, reason. I want so. that one now. That's awesome. Uh, and then kind of a more serious one, what advice would you have for someone who was, because you started a career in a, in a brand new place. That's right. Which I think is, is really admirable in the way that you built yourself up like that. So what advice would you have for somebody else starting a career out in a, in a new place? I would say to stay patient in the process and not expect too much too soon. Okay. There's a lot more people like me, same age, same experience, same background, um, same results, that it's a tough process sometimes to stay patient and to reach out, use other people's relationships and leverage their experiences okay. has been key for me the past couple of years. That's excellent. Cool. Well, thanks so much for dropping by, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks happy, a lot, Johnny. Yeah, happy, Glad to be on. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Ah, just in time. Just in time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>